everybody and welcome to the first edition of the Inside the Circle Game Time CT Softball Podcast. Our first of the year, halfway through the year. So we apologize for it took so late, but uh, we're finally here for the first softball podcast. We have lots to talk about. I am your host, Sean Patrick Boley, and with me is our new Game Time CT Softball beat writer, Will Aldum. It, we needed to get Will out there and see some softball teams, so he had some sort of idea what he what he was talking about as far as Connecticut goes. And uh, welcome, Will. Thanks for joining us here uh, on the softball podcast. Uh, how's the first uh, month of softball been for you? Uh, been pretty great. Uh, familiarizing myself with uh, you know the best teams in the state, and uh, I've been really impressed by the talent level for sure. So we we've had a few top tens here. You've seen a few of the top teams. We're going to take a quick uh, rundown of the latest game time CT softball poll. I believe this is our fourth one of the year. Um, and uh, you've been running that for us. One of the big games we saw before this late, latest poll came out doesn't reflect in it, but uh, number one, Massick defeating Notre Dame. Notre Dame was number 10 before the poll came out. And uh, the voters, uh, based on their on their results, they were undefeated going into that Massick game. And uh, they got a number eight ranking after they had lost to Massick, but I don't see them falling out of the top 10 anytime soon. Great. It looks it looked like it was a, just a great pitcher's duel going on over in Monroe on uh, Monday. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think in the next poll, I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame Fairfield actually moves up even more after that two to one loss. Um, they got that freshman pitcher, uh, Judy Trexalli, who's been absolutely electric. She uh, only allowed one earned run to Massick uh, two overall. And that's the fewest runs uh, anyone's held Massick to. So I think they'll move up with the loss, which is actually pretty interesting. But on Massick's side, they got Kat uh, Gallant, who is absolutely dealing this year. She's 9-0 and with a 0. 0.36 ERA, wow. 127 Ks in just over 58 innings. Uh, she just threw one hitter yesterday against uh, Brookfield. She's tough to beat. She throws really hard. She's in the running uh, with a couple other pitchers for possibly the best pitcher in the state. They're a really well-deserved number one, and uh, I don't see them moving anytime soon joining us on the show a little bit later is going to be the longtime head coach ed Crisafi of east haven now the east haven they come in number five ranked they're tied with uh, ludlow this week but uh, east haven their only losses to cheshire which is not you know not, not bad at all um, they had a great team obviously in, in class l two years ago they uh they played a great game with Massick. obviously covid had an issue uh kind of ruined the mucking up the works a little bit and as far as softball as far, as far as all sports are concerned but east haven was one of those teams that were that had a uh, that had a little bit of momentum going into the 2020 season and they lost it all so we're going to talk a little bit about the easties who have been you know just great over the last 10 years uh with uh coach ed Crisafi and uh you know obviously his son jeff is has joined him the last 10 years and they've just kind of taken off and we'll talk to ed a little bit about uh you know the great, uh, the great team that he has, and uh, obviously the, the the coaching situation there, and then maybe even how long he's going to uh, stick around there. But uh, but uh, look forward to that in a little bit. But uh, let well, let's just take a look at this top ten here. Um, it has remained unchanged for the most part. You basically have four undefeated teams sitting up there at the top. They're all getting number one votes. 
Massick obviously got the most with nine. Then you have Waterford. You've seen out there. You see Burroughs. You wrote a story about uh, Matty Burroughs earlier in the season. They've been great. They just beat Fitch on uh, Tuesday. They walloped him with, I think it was like seven to one. Um, it looked close early, and then Waterford just pulled away. Then he had St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Lauren Wazikowski has been, you know, great pitcher for them. And then you have a slugger in Matty Fitzgerald who had two home runs against Ludlow in that showdown last week. Uh, that's only that's Ludlow's only loss so far. And then you have number four, Cheshire, 9-0. They're the only undefeated class double L team remaining. Uh, like we said before, they beat up on East Haven 7-0, and they've been rolling along. I mean, listen, Christine Drust and that program does not skip a beat. Uh, even though they, they lost the season. I mean, all these great teams at the top. But look, look at this. I mean, nine, Massick is, is far and away right now. I mean, it was an easy pick to go with number one, Massick. But there are a lot of contenders out there. You have Waterford, you have St. Joseph, you have Cheshire. I mean, and then you go then you go down a little bit. Uh, it's not just the unbeaten teams, but uh, voters really kind of split on this. Huh, Will? Yeah, um, it's pretty amazing that we got, you know, tied for fifth place with Ludlow and East Haven, and they're only four points in the entire vote behind number four Cheshire. So the fact that there's four points total separating those three teams at four, five, and six, ridiculous. And it kind of reflects the fact that any of these teams can beat anybody on any given day. You got, um, obviously, Bree Pearson over there for Cheshire. Yeah. Her first time out against East Haven, she no-hit them. They're going to play again next week. East Haven, uh, you know, went up against Amity and beat them a one-run game where Amity had a great comeback. They play again next week. There's a lot of these really close games at the top. And uh, for the top three, I mean, you got Waterford with Maddie Burroughs, who might be the best all-around player in the state. She's going to go to Villanova, and she can pitch. She can absolutely rake for them. They've played a few less games, but she's still putting on a clinic. And then, you know, uh, if you we're talking about Gallant's competitors for a uh, top pitcher in the state – uh, Wazikowski is right there. Uh, she, you know, improved to seven and zero with a point one seven ERA. She allowed her first earned run uh, of the season in that game against Ludlow, uh, where she let up a solo shot to Elena O, a sophomore. Um, they're out. Uh, St. Joe's is outscoring opponents one hundred and twelve to three. Uh, that it's absolutely ridiculous. And Maddie Fitzgerald has eight homers on the season. They're <laughs> they're a weapon. Yeah, no, they're certainly uh, the the probably the best team. I mean, everyone in the FCAC is chasing them as that Ludlow game. But Ludlow was right there. You mentioned Ludlow. They come in at number five, tied with East Haven. You know, what, what did you uh, take out of that Ludlow-St. Joe game as far as Ludlow is concerned? I will go out on a limb here and say uh, I think Ludlow has the best offense in the state. They're uh, slashing 471 batting average, 531 on base, and 709 slugging as a team which is absurd, uh, which makes it even more impressive what Wazikowski was able to do uh, to them over at St. Joseph. They have two young pitchers combined to go 9-1, and one, Julia Magliocco. Um, she's a .32 ERA in 22 innings, and Alex Louie is doing really well over her 35 innings. And then their catcher, Caitlin Romero, is hitting over 600 with four homers. And that shortstop, Allie Clark, who just committed to Fordham, hitting 500 with four homers as well. So that lineup is just out, outstanding. Well, if they're going to get a chance to play St. Joe again, it's going to have to be the FCAC uh, tournament uh, coming up very quickly, uh, by the way. I mean, we're, we're looking at the end of the regular season in just a few weeks. Uh, so, but they got uh, Ludlow's, they've got some toughies left, but I, I, I'm looking at it right now. I, I think that obviously they're, they're, it's, it could be another showdown between them and, uh, and St. Joseph coming down the stretch of this season. We'll see what happens. Let's not forget the Northern teams because, 
you know, that Southington, Bristol area, always great in softball. And you saw Southington early in the, earlier in the season. They got a little, little slow to get going as far as their games were concerned. But uh, you saw them play, play against Hall. And, you know, they went up against like, a really good pitcher for Hall. Probably, you know, you talk about great pitchers. She's up there as far as one of the best in the state. But Southington was able to, to scratch out that game despite, uh, you know, some, some pretty good pitching from, from Hall. Yeah, um, I mean, that Hall pitcher, Sophie Gardner-McKinnon, right now would be my pick for best pitcher in the state. She's uh, untouchable, committed to Duke, and she's striking out, last time I checked, two and a half batters an inning. <laughs> uh, with three outs in an inning, that's the craziest thing. And, yeah, um, Southington, you know, did beat her. Uh, they took advantage of some Hall errors. Um, they lost their first, or second game of the season to Bristol Eastern. I kind of uh, led people to sleep on them, but they've uh, – you know, rattled off now six wins in a row. Julia Penarella uh, is eight and one on the mound. And uh, the offense is kind of provided by Ashlyn uh, DeSalniers. Uh, she's hitting 750, 15 for 20 with eight extra base hits, 11 ribbies, 13 runs. And she hasn't struck it out. So Southington, uh, they can play. And uh, they've beaten debatably the top pitcher in the state. So uh, I, would, I would, uh, wouldn't count them out against anybody. No, they're certainly right in the mix there. And then, and then obviously we talked a little bit about Notre Dame before, you know, number eight, they were number 10 going into the massive game, lost the massive game. They go up to number eight. Uh, you know, like you said about them, uh, Jeff, you know, has got a great, great squad. They're going there. Um, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a good game going into Massac. You know, they, they played them. They, and they, they played them really tough. Uh, well, what does that, what does that say about them? And uh, what does that say about the rest of the SWC? Um, you know, before that game, honestly, I didn't really know what to expect uh, with Notre Dame Fairfield going in against Massick, but uh, they really impressed. And as I said, I think that loss is going to help them even more in our rankings. They uh, took them a while to get on the board with a hit uh, against Gallant, obviously, but uh, uh, their best hitter, um, Max Stone-Fulmar, she's hitting 721 with 10 homers, 31 RBIs, which is as wow. many hits as she has, and 22 runs scored. Um, she's... Uh, an electric hitter she doubled you know to get the the you know rally going for them they came up short lost two to one but they showed that uh you know they're the they're the number two in the swc and they're top they're definitely a top 10 team in the state and uh, talking to jeff bovino after the game he was very confident he said we will see them again in the swc <laughs> final and i do not doubt it no, obviously, I would take Jeff at his word because, you know, Jeff knows a lot about, you know, that's a guy who who well, wasn't much of a softball guy. And all of a sudden he's like Mr. Softball over there. And uh, anyway, so uh, but they, yeah, they don't play again. They got Pomperog, Stratford, Brookfield, New Milford, New Fairfield, Barlow, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see them, uh, you know, possibly facing Massac again. I mean, listen, they had a young team. A lot of those Notre Dame Fairfield kids played two years ago uh, before COVID wiped, wiped everything out. So uh, they're kind of in a similar situation as uh, Geese Haven, as we mentioned, uh, a young team that, uh, you know, probably lost a year and now they're kind of really starting to, to, to move here. So that really good. Uh, I'm anxious to see where, where that goes with Notre Dame. Number nine is Amity. You know, Amity, I saw them play East Haven and uh, East Haven, <laughs> they were crushing it. Uh, against Amity, but uh, you know, I mean, being an Amity guy myself and following them over the years, always just a great program. And uh, you know, what can you tell us about the uh, about the Spartans? Seven and two. Uh, last I checked, um, I know they played Wilbur Cross, so they're eight and two now. 
Um, and they got Sacred Heart and then Hand. But, uh, you know, Amity almost almost came back to BB Dave after going down. I think it was like you know, nine nothing or something, something or something crazy like that. Yeah, they are eight and two now. Uh, yesterday, uh, Katie Schatz threw a six inning perfect game in that 17 nothing win over Wilbur Cross. Um, yeah, and they had that East Haven game where they were down by a lot, scored seven runs over the final two innings and lost by one run. Their other loss was to Cheshire, and there's something about that pitcher, Bree Pearson, over there where she just buckles down against good teams. So uh, can't really fault the loss there. But, um, yeah, they, they have some good pitching. And uh, just a little shout-out to Olivia Greco, who homered in three straight at-bats in an 18-2 win over Lyman Hall last week. Um, they can really bring it. But, again, they've been slept on a little bit with the two losses. But they're right there with the rest of them. Yeah, they are obviously are. Listen, the SEC is really, really tough, but, uh, you know, moving on a bit, you know, it's not a softball poll without someone from the Valley there. And let me, uh, let me tell you, I have been thoroughly impressed um, by the softball going on playing, being played in the Valley. Seymour was, you know, given due respect because Seymour is Seymour. Um, They're always there every, every year. And they're always a contender every year. Uh, But uh, you know, you got Oxford, which beat Seymour first, and then you got Woodland, which jumped into the top 10. You know, it looks like a pretty strong uh, season there in the Valley, but Woodland got in there by their pitcher, Sammy Sosenvich, striking out 19 batters against Seymour. Now, who strikes out? First of all, 19 strikeouts, especially since the mound got moved back a bunch of years ago. Um, you know, it's it's not like uh, – not like Rachel Fico out there anymore, you know, pitching close. It's now, you know, they move the, they move the mound back a bit, but nine, 19 strikeouts. It used to be like, you know, that would happen with the, with the ace a lot, but now it's like that, that's, just, that's a feat. And uh, Woodland by all accounts uh, playing Seymour on that, uh, I believe it was a Friday night. Um, just an awesome effort. Woodland is 10 and 0. You only have Oxford sitting there probably, you know, they have one loss. They're probably saying, well, what about us, too? I mean, it looks like a pretty strong – looks like a pretty strong season out of the Valley as usual. Yeah, absolutely. And 19K two-hitter for uh, Sosnovich against, at the time, number six, Seymour to beat him 3 nothing. That was awesome. She has a .99 ERA with 69 strikeouts in uh, just over 28 innings. So she also a – li- a little less innings than the other people, but she's been putting up crazy numbers the same way uh, Garner McKinnon and Wazikowski have. And Oxford, actually, too, given uh, Seymour that first loss, they have a pitcher in Sophie Gendron. They didn't make the uh, top ten, but they got a lot of votes. Uh, she's thrown no-hitters in three of her last four games, and she also wow. pitched a ten-inning outing uh, to give Seymour its first loss before Woodland went out and uh, beat them as well. So they're right at just outside of the poll also. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's they love their softball in the Valley, and I'd be remiss if I didn't even mention Wilkett sitting there as well. Their only losses to Woodland eight to five, you know, so <laughs> uh, I, I don't know much about Wilkett, but it seems like they are right in the thick of things there. I mean, they, their last, I mean, I know they played, they played Wilby Derby and Sonia Holy Cross. They have their showdown with Seymour Wilkett. They have their chance to kind of show, show what they have. They had their game that was supposed to be played Wednesday postponed. So we'll see them a, a little bit later, I believe. Right. Yeah, it looks like it. And, uh, yeah, that whole, you know, all those teams kind of just keep beating each other. It's hard to evaluate. But when you got Woodland, you know, who is, you know, stayed undefeated, you know, they're uh, they're the top dog right now. Kind of a struggle there for Holy Cross, which is usually uh, pretty good in softball. They're five and four. 
Uh, we also have Naugatuck sitting in there. I mean, Seymour's not a tip. I mean, right now, though, Woodland, Wilkin, Oxford, Seymour, those look like the top dogs there. And I would not count Seymour out by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they, they've been kind of beat up a little bit and maybe thinking, oh, man, all these teams think they have our number here. But, uh, you know, Seymour is always Seymour. So that should be a fascinating tournament in a few weeks as well in the NBL. So, uh, you know, that's, that's basically the top 10. Any other teams, you know, worth looking at? I mean, obviously, HK 10-0, Granby's 10-0 last I checked, uh, according to the poll. So, uh, you know, lots of good teams out there. Any other teams uh, or players that we should be keeping an eye on as we head in the second half of the season? Uh, Berlin's worth keeping an eye on, 8-1. and one. They were uh, the number 10 team a couple weeks ago before getting their first loss, gotten back on track, rattled a few in a row. Uh, Ledyard. A six and one just took its first loss to Waterford, lost seven to four. So a lot of voters, mm. uh, uh, they gained a lot of votes in the poll just by playing Waterford to its closest game so far. And I really am, you know, I, I'm saying keep an eye on Hall and Oxford. Uh, Oxford got 74 votes at eight and one, as, as I said, Gendron, you know, pitching really well. And then Hall six and two, you, they lost some games early. But if you have Sophie Garner McKinnon on the mound, you can win any day. Before we get to uh, our guest for this week, uh, Ed Krasafi of East Haven, we're going to take a quick look at the rankings this year. Um, you know, you have in double L, Cheshire's the last remaining undefeated team. We talked about Ludlow, Southington, Staples sitting there at eight and one, uh, Amity, you know, Hall, like you mentioned, looks like that's a pretty strong uh, division. But then you look at, it, uh, at class L and it is where it's at this year. <laughs> I mean, you have number one Massac, they're 11 and 0. You have St. Joe, they're 9 and 0. Waterford, 6 and 0. Berlin, as you mentioned, 9 and 1. East Haven, 9 and 1. Weathersfield, killingly ledgered. And you just go down the, the list. Of, you have Fitch, always dangerous, 6 and 3. Mercy hasn't been completely dominant. They're 7 and 3. Bristol Central, Bristol Eastern, North Haven, slow to get going. But that looks like where our number one team is going to come out of. Yeah. Yeah, there's a good chance. They got, there's so much talent in that. And even teams like, you know, Bristol Eastern have come out and beaten some of these, you know, top 10 teams. I, I really don't think you can count any of these teams out. The Class L is going to be a battle. And it, all those, uh, it's going to be a huge advantage to get a high seed in that tournament. And looking quickly at Class M, you know, we talked a little bit about the NBL. Class M looks like it might be, might, I say might, be the uh, NVL Invitational there. You have Seymour, you have Oxford, you have Woodland, you have Wolkett. That's like, whoever wins the NVL Championship is going to have to do it all over again, basically. And then there are also some other teams sitting in there as well. But again, the class of the uh, that division uh, in M looks like it could be. Uh, looks like it's going to be well. Right now, it looks like it's dominated by the uh, by the Valley. But you know, like I said, there's some other teams in there. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh... You know, as we just said, they keep beating each other uh, in the Valley, and it'll be interesting to see if they can get beat by any other, you know, conference class M teams. Yeah, you have Granby Memorial at 11-0 there, and Adam Killingworth at 11-0 there. And then we look at class S, Notre Dame Fairfield, you know, that's going to be tough for any of these small schools that are in this thing. I mean, there's always uh, somebody in there, you know, you always talk about somebody like Hale Ray, which is struggling this year, three and six, or Coggenchog. Uh, which is doing well at six and two Cromwell's eight and one. That's a team to watch out in the shoreline. Then Thomaston always tough there in the Berkshire league. But uh, you know, I have a hard time seeing any of those teams right now. I mean, Matt immaculate, maybe seven and three, although they, I believe 
I believe, yeah, Notre Dame already beat them six five. So maybe you're looking at something like Immaculate, uh, you know, making their way in, in in that division in Class S. But uh, right now, it looks like it's Notre Dame Fairfield looks like to be the class of that division. Yeah, and and again with that, uh, you know, that freshman pitcher Traxali, they could be uh, that top team in Class S for the next four years. She really is uh, a special pitcher and. Uh, <laughs> It's not going to be fun for the rest of the SWC or Class S for for the next three years. That's our quick little rundown about the, the state of softball. Like, what have what has struck you the most, uh, Will, as you've uh, started to cover softball in Connecticut? You know, I mean, they take softball seriously here. Um, you know, I've always been a really big baseball guy. Uh, what's has stood out to me the most, for sure, has been the pitching stats. Uh, there are just so many pitchers who are putting up absolutely eye popping numbers that. Seem almost inhuman video game stuff. Yeah, I love that. I love uh, watching a pitcher dominate, striking people out. So uh, it, this is uh, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I do love seeing a lot of the bats. You know, a lot of the offense. You know, I covered Rachel Fico at Massick back in you know in her heyday, and which is going on almost ten years now, or about ten years now, and which is amazing to me. And you know, Rachel Fico, nobody could hit her ever. Nobody could hit her. You had to scratch out, bunt. You had to do whatever you could to, to get uh, to get Rachel Vico and Massick. Pitchers used to dominate so much, but the pitchers have been able to dominate. But at the same time, the offenses have come along a, a long way here in uh, Connecticut. I mean, obviously, the you know moving the mound a bit changed things, but uh, softball looks really, really it's robust here in the state. We've always loved it here and. You know, I'm excited to see where a lot of this stuff goes. There's really a lot, there's a lot to talk about. But let's bring on our guest this week, the great coach Ed Crisafi of East Haven. Joining us on the show is a guy who needs no introduction. If you uh, follow sports in Greater New Haven or Connecticut, he's the legendary, <laughs> the legendary Ed Crisafi, East Haven softball coach. He's been everywhere. I mean, you, you can't talk about uh, sports in, in Connecticut, really, or, you know, East Haven or Connecticut without talking about the Krasafi family. And and we, Ed's nice enough to give us a little bit of time to talk about his team this year. Coach, how you doing? Thanks for uh, joining us today. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. So uh, tell us about the Easties this year. You know, you guys went to the final two uh, two years ago. You played a great game with Masick and, uh, you know, really young team. And then you got you got covid and we got to, you know, everyone's talking about East Haven's going to be back. And, you know, what was that like to be uh, to, to not have a season last year for your girls? And, you know, how have they, you know, been able to to come back and, and start performing at a high level here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, like all other teams, you know, the girls were terribly disappointed. Like two years ago in that run that we had, we actually started four sophomores and three freshmen. Yes. So we knew that last year you know, we'd be looking to make another run. And then even after the COVID happened, we knew that this coming year, you know, with all the, with those seven stars coming back, you know, that hopefully we would be right there. And so far we're nine and one. Um, the only bad game we had was the game against Cheshire uh, two weeks ago. But, um, you know, the girls have been performing good. Uh, we're, we're hitting the ball. We're getting great pitching from Tori Heafy and Emily Bishop. And uh, you know, right now we're just trying to get by with a couple injuries that we have. We should be getting girls back uh, and the middle uh, this coming week. 
And we're going to be hopefully ready for the SEC tournament and the L tournament. And the L is going to be tough, you know, with Waterford moving up and yeah. St. Joe and Massac and uh, and Berlin. You know, it's uh, not going to be easy, but you know, I, I think the L is going to be the, the toughest tournament. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot, of, obviously, a lot of those teams, but you guys are no strangers to competition, obviously. You know, uh, I mean, we were talking about two uh, back in 15, you guys knocked off Fitch to their first loss that year. They were a great, they're still a great program, and you guys are able to do that. that was your first, first of all, that was your first championship, but I, which I found when I'm looking back, I'm like, wow. But it, there were some lean years there. And, uh, you know, do you see any similarities with this team and the one that you had back then? Um, this team reminds me so much of the um, of the 2013 team, which got beat in the semifinals. They also had a, a core of six seniors with a junior pitcher, uh, Talia Loda. Uh, that team got beat in the 2014 final, the M final, uh, to Seymour, 2 nothing, And then um, it culminated with the 2015 state championship, like you had uh, alluded to before. But... Um, now, this team is built kind of like the same way, um, power hitting, timely hitting, and um, and good pitching. So, you know, um, to say we're pleased right now with the way the program is and where the program is going, you know, um, I would say that's an understatement. And I just think that other teams, other schools think of us as, you know, like one of the higher echelon teams now, which is what we've always strived to do back in the – early um or the mid uh 2000 you know 2000s from 2011 on what what is it what is it taken to I me mean, like you i was reading some old stories we did about you and you know what is it taken to get east haven in the last like you said the last 10 years about uh what is it taken to get east haven up to the, this level i mean i know you're like you know you're about 10 eight wins you guys are always kind of there but you know what does it get to to get east haven uh playing softball at such a high level i mean sports in east haven has been great especially the girls the, uh, yeah. the last few years, yeah. um, I, you know, go ahead. I just think that um, the parents had a lot to do with it too. Back in the, back in 2010 and 2011, I actually went to a group of uh, young, um, young, uh, my freshman and sophomore parents and said, you know, it's time to, you know, start playing travel ball, which used to having kids as a group never really did. And, and ever since then, I mean, I have 80 to 90% of my girls now and in the past couple of years, you know, they all, they all play summer ball, you know, so, so they, they get that good competition. And um, honestly, I mean, that's when it started turning around when, when back in 2010, you know, uh, they bought it, bought into my idea of, you know, it's time to, to get the program going in the right direction. And the way to do that would be to play travel. And, um, you know, that's, that's what they're all doing right now. And I think that that, that's the main difference from, you know, like when I first started. It must be a lot easier coaching them now, right? (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. In fact, it's funny because back in 2010, when Jeff and I actually coached um, the Connecticut Raiders and the Connecticut Falcons after that, when our kids were seventh and eighth graders, so it was legal to, you know, coach kids who not yet were in the high school. And we actually had an all East Haven team. I think we were the only travel team around back then that, you know, had everybody from the same town. And I think, I mean, that helped immensely. And we obviously don't do it anymore. But, um, you know, I think that's what got started. And now all the girls play 
uh, you know, different teams. Some are still playing together, but, you know, at least they're all playing. Right. You talked about your son, Jeff, you know, I mean, he, he, uh, you know, North Haven, he played for Bob DeMeo, played baseball there. I mean, you were the basketball coach there and, and uh, you know, it just, how did he be, uh, end up joining your program? And uh, you know, what's it been like to coach with him? And I know he, he takes a pretty active role out there. You saw him during a, a lot of the games and he, you know, he seems to be kind of like the, the guy who kind of pumps the kids up and I don't know what, uh, you know, how do you guys you know, balance it out and you know, what's it like coaching with him? Well, uh, first of all, I'll tell you how it started. And, and it's funny because his junior year at North Haven, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, at uh, Albertus Magnus after North right. Haven, he actually blew out his elbow. He was on the baseball team. He blew out his elbow. That was 2000, 2009. And he actually came to me and said, Dad, you know, uh, do you mind if I help you out? And I said, sure, Jeff. And then in 2010, he became the full-time assistant. So that's how we ended up getting into softball. And um, as far as us getting along, like I've been turning more and more stuff over to him. I'm no spring chicken anymore. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I just, I just love watching him and, and uh, grow as a coach and his rapport with the girls is just, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. And um, I actually turned mostly everything over to him. Uh, he runs the practices uh, he does the practice planning. Uh, if you notice when you play, I mean, when you watch his play, he does the ground balls, he does the fly balls, he does infield, outfield. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just a great situation. Hopefully when I'm ready to give it up, um, you know, they'll, we can turn it over to him. Um, actually, he's the reason why it probably lasted so long. You know, having him as the coach, like I'm more of like the general manager. You know, I still make a lineup, some some involved in, in decision making, but uh, you know, just having him do the bulk of the work just just um, makes it so much easier on me. We also hired Jenna Lamone. She used to she played high school ball for Brantford, and Erica Williams Demore. She um, she was a um, a player at the uh, University of New Haven. So you know, have. We have three assistants. Uh, Jeff makes four, so you know there's. It's our practices are just. Uh, you know, I just sit back and watch and and let them let, and let them do the work. The the Christophe name in East Haven has been such a you know obviously your your father and now you have your son. How special is that? And first of all, what did you learn from your dad? Uh, um, I know coaching now is much different. Oh, when yeah. he was there and then even when you were you know when you were in your heyday uh, uh you know when you're a young man it's it's a lot different but you know what what uh what lessons and coaching you learned for, from your dad the great frank christoff you you know he coached i mean he's one of the all-time greatest basketball coaches in the state football coach i mean what what did you what's the biggest thing that you took from him uh to become a head coach i just think the biggest thing is you know getting the respect from the kids you know and um which is what, um, you know, we've strived for. I think that the girls, especially, um, you know, that they respect us and girls, especially as long as they believe you and they believe in you, um, they'll run through, run through walls for you, you know? And I think that that's what I basically got from my father, you know, not, not so much X's and O's and softball, obviously, but, um, you know, just respect, you know, and, um, and that's been the big thing. Um, and it's funny that you're mentioning Krasafi because on the other side, um, my wife has been the cheerleading coach at North Haven for, 
oh god i think 39 or 40 years yeah. and now her assistant is uh, our daughter kayla who was an wow. all-state cheerleader back in 2000s um hmm, i want to say 2015 or 2016 and now she's her full-time assistant so wow Coaching is just uh, in the in the Krasafia, it's in the Krasafia household, and hopefully with Kayla and um, and Jeff, you know, we can just keep it going. Uh, more about you know the in season stuff. I for you yeah. guys, you guys bumped up to number five this week in our poll, and you know uh, you were going to play Cheshire today, but now next week you got Sheehan, Amity, and Cheshire back to back to back days. I mean, how do you yeah. uh, prepare for something like that? We're lucky the fact that we have, you know, Tori, our senior pitcher, obviously, and Emily Bishop, who's who's she's our junior pitcher and she's come come a long way. I mean, she's almost, if not at the equal of Tori. So we've been rotating them. So and then I have a little sophomore Lily Gagnon who's probably gonna pitch Monday against Sheehan. But with the three games back to back. You know, and having Tori and Emily, especially with the Amity, I uh, with the Cheshire Amity back-to-back games. You know, um, the girls, uh, they're looking forward to it. They know they weren't at their best in the Cheshire game, obviously, because we got no-hitted. But, um, you know, I, they're looking forward to it. And, um, you know, we're just taking it day by day. Uh, we had a good day of practice yesterday. We gave them today off. Um, you know, then we have Hamden tomorrow, off Friday, West Haven Saturday afternoon. We'll practice Sunday and then get ready for the four-game week next week. But um, they know what's ahead of them, you know. And, and then um, business-like attitude, but also, um, you know, keeping it in perspective. You know, it's a loose group, and we stress upon them just to make sure that you're loose next week and don't be tight. And um, and I think that that's how we're going to approach it. And hopefully it'll carry, carry onto the field. Coach, I got a, I got a bone to pick with your schedule makers. You got the first half the season on the road, yeah. every single game you got to play on the road. I mean, you know, it's not like the NFL or anything, but it's still, that's tough. You got to get on a bus for every time you play a game. But now I guess the flip side is you get home games. You know, what's that been like the rest of the season, you're all home. That must be nice. Yeah, and especially going eight and one in the first round. Well, when we had the tornado, the tornado tore down our backstop, our backstop, oh, yeah. and the baseball team's backstop. So um, that whole preseason, we ended up practicing at um, at well, we call it the pit. It's called the pit. There's a there's a field in East Haven, about five minutes from the school. So we practiced down there. We scrimmaged down there. So we knew what was going to happen. Um, you know, they ended up just finishing a brand new backstop, uh, brand new, brand new sod and um, behind home plate. So, you know, to go eight and one in that first round. And, and like you said, play nine games at home now. You know, we started out the other day with Carlton. So um, hopefully it'll be a great advantage. And um, it's nice to be practicing on our home field. Yeah. But uh, that's ended up what happened. So. What you guys have a lot of a lot of strengths. I mean, I saw you against Amity. You know, you guys are just tearing the cover off the ball in that game. Although you had to come back. I mean, sorry, they had to come back on you. And but uh, you know, you guys can hit. I mean, uh, tell me about the pitcher dynamic, though. What are you doing? You have Tori, obviously, was great. You know, two years ago. But but you, you're working them both here, huh? 
Well, it's it's a nice situation because when they don't pitch, there are starting shortstop. But uh, we knew what we had in, in Emily. Um, they actually rotated two years ago, too, when Tori was a sophomore and Emily was a freshman. But then toward the end of the year, Tori got hot. So we just went with her uh, at the end of the year and then in the state tournament, you know, and, and Emily was fine with it. She said, yeah, coach, you know, I'll just play shortstop. No problem. So, um, you know, this year we've been rotating them still every game. Uh, they switch on and off every game. Um, Emily was hurt for a little while. She missed two starts. So we went with Tori, but um you know, as of right now, in fact, you were at that Amy game. We had to bring Emily in to get the final two outs. She came in to uh, to uh, get the save. So um, it's a nice situation. You know, you have two equal pitchers. Um, we don't lose anything when the other one is on the mound. Who are you looking at as far as the rest of the league goes? I mean, that's a monster of a schedule there. You know, like you mentioned, like we mentioned, you know, Cheshire Amity back-to-back. You know, Mercy's that good. And Sacred Heart Academy has been pretty good. Uh you know, uh, you know, who, who do you, I mean, obviously Cheshire is the one that you, you lost. Um, you know, what, uh, you know, what's going to have to be different the next time around other than hitting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> other than hitting. Um, well, we have Cheshire, we have Amity. Cheshire's the big one because that's a division game. We ended up getting stuck with Cheshire in the same division. So um, that's, that's going to be the big one. And like you said, Mercy has an outstanding pitcher. Sacred Heart has an outstanding pitcher. So, you know, if, if they both shut our bats down, um, you never know what's going to happen. In fact, Mercy, we won 9-7 in 10 innings the first game. And Sacred Heart, Tory was outstanding. But, again, we only scored three runs, and we and we beat them 3 nothing. So, um, you know, but you mentioned it. I mean, Cheshire's a big one. Um, and that's the one where we're going to – we're going to have to just come with – a better attitude and not that we were intimidated, but you know how Cheshire is. They, they walk on the field and everybody says, you know, uh Oh, uh Oh. And, um, <laughs> you know, but um, I think we'll be better prepared this, this time around and Hey, we'll see what happens, you know? And then we have Amity the next day. So it doesn't get any easier. And that, that is a minefield. Like you mentioned at the top in uh, class L, I mean, like I, it's probably, I mean, Cheshire's not in there. But everybody else, it seems like, obviously, Massick's in there. Uh, you know, Waterford's in there. They just beat fixed yep. the other pretty big. You know, St. Uh, Joe. <laughs> yeah, St. Joe, which is, I mean, how do, I mean, you guys have done it before, so it's not like you guys aren't in that conversation. But uh, they might be saying, oh, my God, here comes East Dave, and we look out. I hope that's what they're saying. I mean, hopefully we can keep up our, our good record, you know, because then you obviously won't have to see all of them. You know, you might – play them in the semis and hopefully in the finals if you get there but you know but there's other teams I mean I check the old rankings every day and there's a bunch of teams with one loss that you know we're gonna have to go out and see like there's Ledger there's Berlin uh Killingly you know and so you know L is just like you said it's a it's a minefield um yeah not gonna be easy I'm looking at it you also have Weathersfield yeah like Killingly Yep. Mercy's in there. Fitch is yep. in there. You never count Fitch out. Jeez. Uh, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I don't know. You think the number one team comes out of there, Coach? What do you think? Uh, I don't see why not. I mean, well, I mean, double O, you have Cheshire. I mean, they could, you know. Oh, you mean number one in the poll? I, yeah, I, what do you I, think? Yeah, I, why not? Um, 
I would say yes, <laughs> you know, with, with Cheshire. And I, from what I understand, um, Granby is supposed to be pretty good in M. I, I know they're undefeated. And you have Notre Dame or Fairfield, who, who gave Massac a great game the other day, losing only two to one. So um, then double L, you got Cheshire, you got Amity, you got Ludlow. Um, Southington, obviously, as always. So, um, you know what? Uh, rankings are nice to look at. The only one that means anything is the final one. Yep. And, um, you know, if you happen to win your class and don't finish number one, I mean, winning your class is a little bit more important, I think, than, than being the final number one team. I mean, it's always, it would be nice, but, um, you yeah, know, just take it one tournament at a time because the SEC tournament is going to be, that's going to be crazy too. Yeah, it always is. Hopefully the weather obviously co cooperates. I mean, it's yeah. been two years since we had one of those. And, you know, it just must be nice getting back out there again after that that last year. I mean, really to get back playing softball. It seems like everybody in Connecticut's playing at a – I mean, it was maybe some hiccups to start early, but it, everyone's kind of been playing at a high level, huh? Yeah. Um, I know North Haven had, a, had, the, had the quarantine. West Haven had the quarantine. And as I checked the the uh, schedules, Joe Barlow was now in quarantine, I guess, because they had to postpone their next five games. So you, know, you just have to you have to be careful. You have to do what's right. You can't, you know, because all it takes is, like you said, one little hiccup. And especially now, as we get toward the end of the season, it could, you know, it, it could it could spoil everything. But um, you know, I mean, it was. A shame that we lost everything. I mean, the girls all played travel last year, so yeah, you know, they all got their games. And we actually played our fall league this year, so you know we started playing in the fall. And um, you know, knock on wood, so far except for the injuries that we've had, uh, we've been healthy. And you, you mentioned uh, before I let you go, you mentioned you know there's you're, you're, you're grooming Jeff to possibly take over, but I mean, how long you got coach? What do you think? How many years you got left? Uh, you, you know, you must be enjoying yourself. I mean, why not? You just kind of hang no, out. I, am. I, mean, I mean, I'm, I'm in my 37th year of teaching uh, phys ed, you know, I still enjoy it. Still enjoy the kids. I still enjoy what I'm doing, you know? Um, and as long as I'm still enjoying it, as long as my health is good. Um, not that I'll be like a Bob that Male, but uh, you know, um, <laughs> I can see myself a couple more years. Um, we've got some talent coming up, we've got some good ninth graders, and got a couple good eighth graders, so um, we have pitching coming up. So, again, Jeff is like a co head coach anyway, so it's not you know, it's like I already turned the program over to him, so why not just um, you know, why not keep going as long as I can. Well, yeah. I mean, your dad's a he. He lasted until he was ninety-five years old. I mean, it's in the blood, right? In, in the in the Krasabi yeah, blood. Yeah, he, act, he actually retired at a young age. He he retired when we won the state championship in the, the Class L back in nineteen eighty. So wow. he was yeah. only fifty-seven, but he actually retired so he could watch my sister play at Bryant College. She graduated in eighty-two in uh, nineteen eighty, also. And he wanted to see her play. So he actually retired at a young age. I mean, he stayed involved, um, you know, helping out here and there. He actually helped out at Hamden Hall for a while. But um, he did retire at a young age. You know, I had him come to all my practices at North Haven. And um, 
um, you know, I mean, I'm way past 57, so. Uh, <laughs> you don't look a day over uh, 56. Yeah, that's what people say. And thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't look a day over 65, right? Now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it goes fast, though, right? Um, oh, but, it does. It does. I can't believe just, we group our seniors. I had them at my Yellow Jacket softball camp, and they were all in fifth grade. It just it seems like yesterday, and it's been seven years already. Oh, yeah. Like I said, it, go, it goes fast. I can't believe you. When you started coaching softball at East Haven, I was a, I was a high school student in Amity. Yeah. So, I mean, you 1990, know, it, 1994. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That 1994. And uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. But um, uh, just quick, uh, you know, out of all, you know, you've coached basketball, you've coached all these sports. Is softball your favorite coach? Or, or uh, yeah. I never thought that I would say that uh, 15 years ago, but softball is definitely my number one love. I mean, I, I love the game. I love the girls. I've had the, um, I've been lucky. I've had great parents and good rapport with my parents. Um, I've taken my teams down to Florida for uh, 10 spring breaks, you know, and, and playing down, down in Disney. Hopefully we're going to go back again next year, but um just everything involved with, with softball has just been so so gratifying. Well, Coach, here's to many more years on the on the diamond there for you, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys. Obviously, great team this year. Uh, you're right there with it, everything, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. You got Cheshire, you got it's, it's a minefield, but uh, no one expects anything less from the to be at least competitive as we head down the stretch here. So thanks Not for yet. joining. You got it. Well, thank you, Sean. Thank you, pal. All right, absolutely, All right. Coach. So, well, that was Coach Ed Krasafi, the great Ed Krasafi. And, man, that, that is a family. Uh, that is a sports family in Connecticut. I mean, you, you want to talk about Mount Rushmore's. I mean, uh, you know, Frank Krasafi is, was just a legend. He only, and he only died a few years ago. Uh, it was a great loss for us. But, uh, you know, it looks like, uh, you know, Eddie's been uh, he, continuing the great tradition uh, of that. And then now, now you have Jeff Krasafi, uh you know, basically uh, doing all the heavy lifting there, Fred, huh? Yeah, it sounds like it. Waiting in the wings, this tradition is going to continue. Yeah, and that's great. But I don't think Eddie's, uh, you know, like you said, I don't think Eddie's any, any he could just sit there and relax and, and uh, you know, roll the ball out there and you maybe offer some words of encouragement. He's got a lot to, he's got a lot of knowledge and a lot of, a lot of uh, experience. Uh, so we, we really appreciate him coming on. So looking quite, looking a little bit ahead to the, the week, it's going to be a rainy week, so it looks like a lot of these games are going to get uh, log jammed here as we head down the stretch of May, and hopefully, that sometimes as this happens, hopefully these teams will get all their uh, conference championships in. But as far as big games we're looking at, East Haven, Cheshire was one that was supposed to be played today, May 5th. They're going to go next, what, Tuesday? Yep. What other big ones are we looking at for the, the, the week ahead there, Will? I know we got uh, Staples versus Ludlow on Friday. Staples finally got its first few votes, probably something that should have happened a little bit sooner as they're 8-1. and one. So that'll be a, a really good test for them and a chance for them to really prove what they have. Um, obviously, it'll be tough with Ludlow being, you know, as offensively gifted as it is. So that's one to look out for, Will. And, uh, you know, the, obviously the rainy weather is going to kind of play havoc a bit of the schedule, as we mentioned. So we'll call that a podcast here. The first Inside the Circle one. Uh, you did a nice job, Will. Thank, thanks for joining us. And uh, looking forward to next week. We're going to do this uh, as we get go down the rest of the season. And there's plenty more to talk about. Uh, but, uh, you know, like 
like we mentioned, we got a late start. You know, it'll be conference tournament season before you know it, but uh, we're happy to be back here on Game Time CT. Well, great stuff. Uh, again, uh, I was impressed. It looks like you've delved right, jumped right in with both feet into this uh, softball season. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been great to be able to watch all of it. I'm excited to see how everything turns out. All right, so we'll call that a podcast. Thanks for Will for, for uh, dropping knowledge on us, and thanks for Coach Ed Kosofi for sharing some of his uh, thoughts on his team and in his career. And uh, so we'll see you next week. We'll try and figure out a, a regular schedule for this. We're going to do it after the poll. Poll drops on two, usually drops on Tuesday. So we're looking forward to talking a little bit more softball. We'll get some more guests on, and uh, and away we go. And uh, it'll be over before you know it. But uh, like I said, we're glad to be glad to be back. So four. We'll hold them on John Patrick Bowley. We'll see you next time.